Hey guys, I'm Nick. And I'm Eugene. Welcome to Papercut. This week, A Gentleman in Moscow by Amor Tolls. A Gentleman in Moscow is written by Amor Tolls and tells the life of Count Alexander Rostov as he's sent into perpetual house arrest at the Metropole Hotel in Moscow for the simple crime of being an aristocrat at the wrong time. His house arrest and position forced him to play a passive role in arguably the most tumultuous era of Russian history, the Russian Revolution and the subsequent Bolshevik rule. Part character study and part love letter to Russian culture, Tolls explores Russia's past, present and future from the lens of a former lord, a vessel of the past staring into the future. You know, when I heard this, like, there's one thing that kind of eerie me because because I thought they kind of killed all the aristocrats in the revolution so why did he why did he survive like was there anything special about him that made him survive or yeah um, that is a plot point actually like because quite a few characters actually bring that up like why are you alive when all your kings and queens and lords and ladies are all dead arrested or eventually die why are you still alive so that is a plot point and i hate to do this to you huge but if you want to know why you have to read the book to find out i have out. to read the book okay i see that's mm. fair enough and uh well i got a second question as well because you you mentioned that it's like a love letter to russia so i'm kind of thinking you know all the other russian literatures i've read um the whole russian culture seems to be one of like sorrow misery and like just, just, it's just sad, right? Yeah. So, like, is this kind of what what gets uh, emphasized in in the plot? Like, does the author also try to bring out this atmosphere of sadness or wrongdoing to the people? Yeah, uh, I know what you mean. Like, Russian literature can be quite miserable at times. Just thinking Dostoevsky as an example, but I think he looks beyond just the literature. So if you think of the most miserable one, you're thinking of most likely Dostoevsky. Mm. But you look at people like Tolstoy, Chekhov, you think of people like uh, Tchaikovsky and the Nutcracker. Like He's celebrating those elements as well um, as the beautiful parts of its culture and almost sort of like admiring the Russian spirit in the face of adversity. That's how you sort of write this love letter to the culture of it. Because whether you like it or not, Russia has produced some of the greatest scientists, writers, artists who, who've ever lived. Yeah. So it's not just about, you know, being like celebrating sad novels as well. There's also novels about, you know, perving on little kids. Uh, I don't, I mean, uh, I, I don't yeah, know about yeah. that. I, I didn't say anything about that. <laughs> um, we do not diddle little kids. And, and novels about, um, well, sorry, not novels about, but um, and cultures where um, there's a massive leak in a nuclear reactor. Oh, yeah, for sure. We don't talk about that too for now. Cause, okay. Yeah. <laughs> don't want to get sent to the gulag. Oh, no. I was trying to think of a theme for this one and... I think I'm just have to steal it from the book itself. And that's as simple as what does it mean to be a gentleman? And throughout the story, Toll shows through the count what a gentleman should be, you know? Civilized but not arrogant, dignified but not stubborn. His behavior is generally appreciated, but occasionally lands him in hot water as certain revolutionaries misinterpret his behavior as a yearning for like the feudal days of lords and ladies. 
So, so what does it take to be a gentleman? The idea of a gentleman extends beyond just wealth and class. We see that the Count, in the very beginning, is stripped of his wealth and forced to live in basically a hotel for the rest of his life. And not even like the nicest rooms or anything. He lives in probably the smallest, worst room there is. Mm. Uh, and he asks, most importantly, a gentleman, in this case, he argues, is defined by how he treats others. So given his extravagant status before the revolution, it's easy for that power to kind of get to your head. And the count shows us that the gentleman shines best when treating others with compassion. Like hearing, hearing, hearing this, it sounds like there's a lot of contrast between obviously like the, the count, which I will take as like a symbol of the old world mm. versus the Bolsheviks, which is the symbol of like the new revolutionary people. Does uh, does the author take this as an opportunity to have a stab at the Bolsheviks and say, oh, you guys are uncultured, look at this guy, he's not you, and he's like the classiest person in the book. Is there some kind of like an element of this um, anti-Bolshevik agenda in the book? It's quite interesting that you bring that up, actually, because it's quite easy to picture the communists or the Bolsheviks as these evil monsters that took over Russia. Mm. But... Throughout the book, it's not like that at all. Um, sure, you hear occasional stories of like bad things happening, but the Bolsheviks themselves are not painted as evil people. He runs into contact with a few Bolsheviks every now and again, and you know he does what he does best and treats them with respect. So it's not trying to say that, oh, the old days are the best and we should go back to the old days, but rather like this attitude of, you know, just treating others with compassion and respect and dignity transcends class. And that it doesn't matter if you are a lowly peasant or a high king. Like, just treating each other people with this sort of respect and manner will get you to places. And it's not necessarily just because you want to get anywhere, but it's just because it's nothing short of the most right thing to do. It's what a gentleman should do. Beyond just treating others with compassion, because, you know... What more does a gentleman need? And above all, I think, the gentleman is resilient. In the face of hardship, the Count, or the gentleman in general, perseveres. And in the story, we see the Count's resolve weaken from time to time. So much so that he's almost willing to kill himself. But he learns more and more to cherish the lighter side of life, and to take pleasure in the small things. Placing his relationships with the friends he's made above everything else because when you're trapped in that situation that's all you have so you don't explore the vastness of russian history that you only explore the hotel Mm. and what's within its confines and the story spans over decades Mm. it's not just a few years it's decades and so throughout all that he has to find new ways of entertaining himself and finding pleasure in just the small things even though it might be monotonous this kind of reminds me of the terminal you know that Tom Hanks film, The Terminal? Nope. Oh yeah, so basically like he gets uh, he gets trapped in the airport because like his home country... Yeah, so there's a revolution in his home country and he plays this guy as a refugee that gets trapped in like JFK airport. But he also shows like the same traits as well. So he makes friends with like the airport officials, he makes friends with like other passengers to try and like um, help them in like any way possible. You know, Bolsheviks, they, they might be painted as monsters 
and history, but at the end of the day, they're just people, right? Mm. So if you treat them with, with respect, then obviously they're just like you and me, right? If I get treated with respect, I'd be like, yeah, good uh, for you. I'll and be I'll, honest, and I'll say actually the Bolsheviks, they don't play like that big a role okay. in the story. It's mainly about the, the Count and how gentlemanly he is. Basically, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say like the gentlemanliness of everything uh-huh. is like shoved in your face, and that's the beauty of this book. It's not shoved in your face. Okay. So uh, he does it very subtly. Right? It's not even subtle. It's more the way he acts, the way he portrays himself. It's not like over the top. I want to shove this in your face. Although there is a bit of that. Okay. There are moments where you're like, why on earth is he doing this? The purpose is a character study, but it's not like it's using the count as an example of what. It's how someone should act given these circumstances. I see. Would you also say like the Count's experience is similar to those, uh, I don't know, say like Nelson Mandela or mm-hmm. maybe maybe probably more accurately on San Suu Yeah, I don't want to comment on okay. the latter because I'm not educated enough on that one. I wouldn't necessarily compare him to Nelson Mandela because Nelson Mandela... Uh, he actually got jailed, right? He was considered yeah. a political prisoner, and he did have a political agenda, of course, a virtuous one to mm-hmm, end the apartheid. Mm-hmm. But the count here knows that he's never going to get out, and that there is nothing much for him out there, really. So even if he got out, like where would he go? Uh, he would be shot if he if he ever stepped foot outside his little hotel. I guess there is a bit of stoicism if that's what you mean like over uh between nelson Mandela and the count yeah i I would say that part is definitely true uh but yeah not the uh not the second part about the politics (laughs) but yeah no i I guess that's not too bad an analogy actually overall we gave this book a nine out of ten the story is simple and relatively wholesome all things considered since the count is stuck in house arrest much like us in covid he doesn't have to see the grueling effects of the Russian Revolution, such as gulags, Stalin's reign of terror, or even the Second World War. The story is centrally character-driven and relies on the Count's charm and optimism to carry it through. But it doesn't overdo this point and is careful not to overly fantasize Russian history or romanticize it. Because quite frankly, mm-hmm. Russia's a harsh place. But luckily, the Count endures this reality with a colourful cast of characters, ranging from heavy-hearted chefs to Russian prime actresses. There is never a dull day for the Count with friends like these, and maybe a life without luxuries is the riches of them all. If you like what we do, follow us on Spotify, or in any of your other preferred streaming sites. If you want to leave us a comment, or let us know what you think, you can email us at papercut.cast at gmail.com or Instagram at papercut.cast no caps or Twitter at papercutpodcast one word no caps look forward to seeing you guys next week for another episode until then I'm Nick and I'm Eugene peace out peace out